everybody, and welcome to the Fortress Comic News, episode 273. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, alongside my awesome co-host, Mike. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's up, what's up? Uh, you know, just just chilling. Um, I was the only one who hasn't hasn't seen Thor this weekend, so... Uh, and I know you'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, we have a returning guest. If anybody was listening two or two to three years ago, um, Zach Kaplan is back and yeah, he's only doing a few books, you know, <laughs> no, he's, uh, yeah, he's a busy guy. We're going to talk to him about his books at scout, his book, his new book, uh, forever forward, really good first issue. Chris and I checked it out. I'm a huge I'm a huge sci-fi and time travel nerd, so I geek out a little bit there. Uh, and Chris Chris is like I you could tell I wanted to talk. I was just like yeah. itching to talk about it. So, um, yeah, and it, I mean it was cool to chat with him, you know. And uh, anything going on with you? Any? I know you bought that new figure, the new Batman Beyond figure. Pretty yeah. Um, pretty a, a real quick Kaplan, like one of my favorite sci-fi writers out there right now. So everybody check out his work. But um, yeah, yeah, I got that. Um, Oh, uh, so so first of all, because I, I kept forgetting to say it's the beginning of the show, but uh-huh. this will be the last time I mention it. New merch is up on the T Public store. Um, New merch! Uh, you can go to ForgeComicNews.com. There's a link right there, or type in ForgeComicNews.com slash T Public, and it pops yep. up. Yep. Um, yeah, check some good out. new merch. I'm really excited for it. I got mine coming, and uh, everybody should check it out. And then another yep. quick thing, uh, now that it's public, because I've been we've been holding this kind of secret for a while, but two alum from the show just got signed to publishers. Mm-hmm. Um, that Travis has announced what books so I won't spoil that, but Travis Gibbs is going to be working with scout comics here soon. Talking about scout comics. Congrats. And, Travis. Uh, Kevin Delgado, um, hey. local boy too, local is going to be working with Kevin. source point for right. tough stuff. Oh, good for him, man. You know, it. Uh, okay, talk about Travis for a minute. Such a cool dude. I'm sad I missed the interview with him. Uh, but uh, he has just built such a huge community. I mean, the indie comics community was there, but he just like, he's just like a, he just, people gravitate towards him. Just, just a really good dude. I mean, he has such a huge following on Kickstarter. I mean, he's, he's almost like a publisher himself with how many follow, people he has following him. So good for him, dude, going to scout. Yeah. Uh, and then Kevin, Kevin, another great dude. So, yeah, it, it, Kevin's a great dude too. I was recently talking yeah. about Trificon because um, he's going to be up there as well, and he was cool. like, well, trying to figure out his plans for it and everything. But uh, Travis, like, Travis is such a genuinely good dude. Um, yeah, he really is. Like he he knew about some of the stuff going around my personal life recently and even like took time to like text me and was like, you know, how you, how you holding up? How you doing? I'm like, yeah, he's one of like three people in my life that actually does that. So yeah, no one deserves it more than that, man. So I'm really happy for him. And uh, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I love when, when, you know, these amazing writers that I I don't want to say like, you know, a small group of people know them, but now obviously they're, it's going to get, because there's people that are buying scout books that don't go to Kickstarter, right. Or, or buying source point that don't go to Kickstarter. So, uh, yeah, and I, I've talked to Charlie exciting. about that in the past. Uh, Charlie yeah. Stickney, one of the co-publishers of scout where like, yeah, 
you know, no offense to Kickstarter or anyone on Kickstarter. We, right. we both love Kickstarter books, but like yeah, for a sure. good Kickstarter gets what a thousand books. Yeah. And or a thousand backers, I should say. And a publisher sells a book for a thousand issues or a thousand, you know, single issues and they're a failure. Like, right. So right. Yeah. you're getting much bigger spread of people when you do it this way. So, yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Um, yeah so let's, uh, we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, I just, I just watched the, the boys finale uh, a couple hours ago. Um, yeah. Did not see any of those things happening really uh, for this episode. I mean, I, so I just keep saying this about this season of the boys, the character arcs for everybody. A lot of the times when you have these shows, you have so many characters that you're like, eh, like stranger things is probably my biggest uh it, like example of this like they have so many different groups of characters and i'm like okay we get to this group of characters i could give a shit like let's get back to max and what's going on with her like everybody else it's like whatever uh but the boys i mean even the villains the like the villains the heroes the you know the people in between uh everything is so good. Like the mother's milk, uh, MM's storyline, you know, with his daughter, that relationship, uh, even the Huey and the, um, the, uh, uh, what's her name? The starlight, starlight. Yeah. Starlight, like their relationship and how he like, finally in this episode, he's just like, you know what? Maybe I will let her do her own thing and stop trying to save her. And she, you know, is strong enough to save herself from soldier boy. So like, uh, just those little moments. And then, you know, we find out Butcher's got like is pretty messed up now and has like a year to eighteen months to live. Um, Which means next season is going to be crazy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see because it, it it doesn't really mean much for a TV show depending on how slow they go with the timeline, right? If like, yeah. the next season is ten episodes that happen across three days, it's like Butcher will be fine. <laughs> but yeah, my my just thought is is it, if you're if if you're Butcher. And yeah. you're told you have a year left to live. Yeah, you're gonna. And your sole purpose on this earth at this current moment is to kill Homelander. Yeah, you don't you're think gonna. you're gonna do everything humanly possible to kill Homelander as soon as possible. Yeah, because right. I know that's what would be going through my head if I was in Butcher's head. <laughs> and now you have the whole weight of this his wife's son, uh, almost like a you know a shield in between them. So, like, you have the more weight of, like, okay, Butcher can't just kill Homeland. Uh, we might see Soldier Boy next season, I guess, because they put him back in a chamber. I don't, like, if we weren't going to see him next season, you would have killed him, right? Correct. Or, I think he or, comes back. Yeah. And maybe that's the way, like, Jensen Ackles had to take a break, and they're like, okay, well, we'll put you on ice till you're ready, buddy. Like, you let us know. <laughs> you come back and, and whatever you want. Cause dude, his character was awesome. The, the interaction where Homelander's like, you know, you're my dad. He's like, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing. He was like, he's like, I wish I raised you because you're a pussy. It's like, Oh my God. Uh, he's so, so brutal. He's uh, yeah. throughout this. Cause I watched yeah. the last two episodes right in a row. Oh, and, okay. um, yeah, he's just, he, commands the this state the stage or you know the yeah, screen right at the time yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. whenever he's on screen it's just like he's the one that you're focused on and um yeah he demands all the attention yep and yeah i i love that last fight scene too i thought it was kind of cool uh mm-hmm. how everything went down uh, it, it is, being it's a great alive season. was good 
Yeah. yeah. The whole season's amazing. Like it's yep. some of the best things on TV, even if even through all of the like because I've seen this uh thrown about a little bit where people are like, oh, it's just shock for shock's sake. And it's like, yeah, that's right. the point of the boys. Right. But at the core of all of it are great characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And exactly. It, it, especially in the last three episodes, they really dug deep into like these characters and mm-hmm. and they found a way to like make Butcher sympathetic again. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think what I want to see though, maybe I, I mean, we keep saying this every new season coming up, Chris, this next season, they're going after C list villains or heroes. Like let's, they got the whole crew together. Let's like open up the next season with them just like taking out like three shitty villains in a row or shitty heroes. Oh, uh, I, I want that G Men sequence. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's what, what I want. want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's okay. one of the best like two issues of the whole series when they he just take they take out the X Men but the G Men. Yeah, yeah. And they go through that whole like what it is, and then yeah. I really hope next season too that they go do the uh, Iron Man story arc, which I can't remember the the character's oh, name. Oh Oh, Sky, not Sky Fox. I want to say Sky Fox, but Tech. I want to say Tech Knight, but it's not Tech Knight, is it? It might be Tech Knight. It's something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, though. yeah. Like, and, like he's so yeah. fucked up that it would just yeah. be so awesome for yeah. the show to do it. Yeah. Man, it's such a great season. Uh, I'm still excited to watch it. I think, like I said, all the character development. Uh, yeah, and I the only the only character I don't see um where they where they're gonna go is uh, Frenchie. Like Frenchie is in a downward spiral, so I think that'll be probably where he's going in next season, like drug addiction or something like that. So, um. Either way, all the characters are amazing. Oh, the scene at the end with the whole insurrectionist with the shaman. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> the dude shows up with the Starlight shirt on. They're like, you libtard. <laughs> that was uh, like, they've done that a few times this season where they're just like making fun of like, I mean, and they make fun of everybody too. Like the whole protest uh, thing and the, the, the crying videos for coronavirus and stuff. Uh, but then when Homelander like blows his head off, <laughs> they all start cheering. I was like, "Oh my god!" I that was the only part of the whole episode I really did enjoy. I thought that was a yeah. little cringe, but yeah, I mean they they're definitely very on the nose there. Um, uh, yeah, that's that's the thing is I I don't like my political satire to just be let's recreate a thing. Yeah, right. Or, or recreate a thing that somebody said, mm-hmm. and like I, uh, that's my it's like a minor complaint in the whole episode, but yeah. I just kind of watched it. I was like, okay, next scene. <laughs> I, I did. I really liked the making fun of the Pepsi commercial though. The way they did that was good. And oh, the Pepsi like, commercial. Yeah, I, yeah, I got that was excited hilarious. when they did that. Yeah. yeah I was trade, also yeah. working for Pepsi when that yeah. whole thing went down. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, so like that creepy. really hit yeah. me in a, a special place when that happened. <laughs> That's I, yeah, I go, forgot about that so uh yeah and then the whole crying the crying facetime videos are so good like you know the all the famous people trapped in their mansions during coronavirus (laughs) that one was that one was funny like at first i was i was a little cringed on it but when like Patton oswald showed up i was like oh that's great because you know because like yeah he was zoinked he was probably higher than a kite 
smoked in one <laughs> and then did that video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, he's so. Um, cool. they did a few other. There's just I don't know. There were some that didn't hit with me and some that did. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's eight episode season. If every second of it isn't gonna get with everything, yeah, you know? yeah, it's uh it's crazy. I mean, if you would ask me a Garth Ennis storyline was going to go like, you know, over three seasons, I'd been out of your fucking mind, but. Oh, and I can't remember if it happened this episode or last episode, but when Frenchie like finally like sits down and goes like, I can't believe I missed hero gasm. Yeah. That made me laugh really hard. That was great. Yeah. The hero gasm episode the entire time. I was like, man, Frenchie's going to hate they missed this. And then he finally sits down and goes, I can't believe I missed it. (laughs) Yep. That was pretty great. Um, yeah, so really enjoyed it. Uh, if you're not watching the boys, what the hell are you doing? Uh, you're still watching Miss Marvel, so let's hear about that. Miss Marvel episode five. Yeah, episode five was kind of a down note. Um, it's so she went back in time, and it was like a. It, honestly, what it was was a History Channel rendition of um, of what happened between the split with Pakistan and India. Oh, okay. Uh, Because she goes back in time to like that time period and does something and then comes back and like one thing happens real quick in that period. Her mom finds Mm -hmm. out that she's a superhero and all that. Mm -hmm. Um, So all in all, it was like a not great episode in my opinion, but still, I think it's a guy like one more episode left. Um, I'm the way it ends. I'm confused who the big bad was because they kind of like, almost killed the person that I thought was the big bad. Mm. Uh, so I'll be interested to see where that goes, but all in all still as a whole, really good and worth watching, but okay. just kind of a down episode. Yeah. Uh, movie news. Okay. So cap cap America four as a director, the sequel featuring Anthony Mackie moving from the role of Falcon to Captain America was announced after the Disney Plus series Falcon and Winter Soldier was released, will be directed by Julius Ona. Uh, Julius is a Nigerian director who recently directed both Cloverfield Paradox and The Girls in Trouble. I uh, haven't watched either of those, but, uh, you know, best of luck to him on this. Uh, there's a lot of... <laughs> There's a lot of weight rolling on this movie. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to go from like, obviously Cloverfield is, you know, part of the whole Cloverfield uh, universe and stuff, but th- like, you know, to have captain, like the Russo brothers, captain America, and you, you're picking up the mantle, like <sighs> good luck. <laughs> uh I mean, he has a lot of things in place to help him out with Marvel, obviously, but uh, we'll see. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's just, uh, this is the first time that they're like really replacing a top tier character. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, second time, technically, because Thor, but this is the first time where it's like, nope, no more Steve. Now we got right. Falcon taking over the role. And that's going to be huge for fans, um, myself included, because, like I said, it's a first, and right, it's just a huge switch. And although we did see him in the the TV show for like half an episode, there's just a lot of landmines to traverse, as it mm-hmm. as happened with the comic as well when that came out. So I'll be keeping a close eye on this one. Really interested to see 
what they do with it and uh looking forward to it because i did enjoy the that run of sam's yeah. captain america yeah. and the current run of sam uh yeah so you went and saw thor i mean i don't know if you want to spoil it or just give your overall i don't care either way if you want i've heard some opinions from a lot of friends and and people i know have seen it and they kind of agree with what you said so give us your spiel i'll give it an overall because it did just come out um mm-hmm. You know, as this is launching, it's only been a week. But I think all in all, it's my least favorite of the current phase. Mm-hmm. At least in the movies. Um, I haven't thought about where it places with TV shows and everything. but And it's probably a bottom half Marvel movie for me. Uh, mm. It just it tries to do too much. It tries to add too much of the funny. And it the way they do the funny moments, like it's, I don't want to like shit on Taika. Was it Taika? Taiki White. Taika Waititi. Yeah. Cause I, I like him and I think he's talented, but I think he's trying too hard to be James Gunn in this. I see. If that makes sense. Where James mm-hmm. like does an amazing job with guardians of like mixing right. those moments and with these great action sequences and everything. Yeah. yeah. Because the, the, the comedy's good and there's good like jokes throughout it and the action's good with a small exception because they do something that DC does a lot that really bothered me, um, which is to kind of CG the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. So the fight scenes actually reminded me of like Batman V Superman fight scenes. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. You remember when like Batman jumps through and it just turns yeah. CG and it's him fighting. Like that's what some yeah. of the fight scenes were. And I was like, eh. uh-huh. It doesn't, I mean, you got to mix practical in there somewhere. Right. Um, Christian Bale is really great. He's like the brightest spot the whole movie. Really? Um, okay. That's cool. That's good to know. Yeah. They did gore really well. Um, yeah. And that's one of the things too. Like gore is a real serious and dark character. And then mm-hmm. when like Thor and Jane are like cracking jokes and gore is yeah. like, I'm going to basically genocide all the gods. And they're like cracking a joke. It's like, eh, this isn't like, it's yeah. not working. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not a fan of where they left Thor at the end, although it could be interesting depending on where they take it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the after credit scenes, um, we do get a new character. I don't know if I should spoil that or not. I don't think I should. And okay. I'm really excited for that. Because you it's a character spoil, you I do spoil enjoy. it for me after the recording. I, I I'll do that. I don't want to spoil it for other people, though. <laughs> I case. would like to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited for that whole thing. But um, yeah, all in all, it's kind of a. I say wait for Disney Plus, everyone, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think that's the first time for a movie that I saw in theaters that I feel that way because I did also feel that way about the Eternals. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I take my. It's the worst of the phase four. Eternals is the worst of the phase four. Second, I worst. still haven't finished Eternals. <laughs> I still haven't finished that movie. I don't know what it was. I think I got to the sex scene and I was like, "What is happening?" I think I turned it off. I was like, "I don't." I like I, number one. I don't care about those characters. Number two, why are they having sex? It, like, what is what is happening? And I was and I was and then someone died, and I was supposed to care. I didn't know who it was. <laughs> It's, yeah, and it, it's a bummer too because it's such a great yeah. storyline for oh, yeah. for Thor. Right. Um, yeah. 
that I feel this way because I do love that storyline. And it yeah, was kind of cool yeah. in the credits, like creative consultant Jason Aaron. Like that was nice, fun to see. Nice, yeah. Yeah. So um that's unfortunate but we got league of super pets in a couple weeks so hell yeah uh all right we also have this interview with mr zach kaplan and uh let's jump to that and we'll see everybody on the other side all right everybody we got another very special guest for you this week i want everybody to welcome to the show mr zach kaplan what's going on Zach? hi how are you guys doing good man it's been a while. It's uh, I think we we're just talking. It's been almost I don't know, probably over two years since you've been here. That might uh, be true. What's been going on? Nothing. Nothing has changed. <laughs> nothing, no, no, everything's the same. You got a new bookshelf. Uh, I got to do that's yeah. about it. <laughs> you bought more comics <laughs> since the last time we talked. Boring stuff. Uh, nothing new. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, I, you you definitely have more projects out now than I think when we last talked to you a few years ago, like you've, I mean, you've so much stuff is, I mean, you've finished port of earth, right. Uh, metal society's out, uh, issue three. We were just talking about, you got a new book coming out. Um, it's awesome. I'm, I, it's awesome to see you doing all this stuff. And especially like, cause I'm a huge sci-fi fan and I know that's, that's where you feel most comfortable writing, right. That's, that's yeah. where you thrive. Yeah, that's, so yeah, pretty much everything's been, uh, exclusively sci-fi, uh, up to this point. And uh, yeah, you know, I I have been deep in the cave working on a number of things over the past year and a half, and uh, mm-hmm. it all just kind of hit this year, it, it, you know, like mm-hmm. in a in a four to six month window. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's been fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so let's talk Metal Society. Uh, issue three just came out. Uh, where are you with the story, or what's the premise for that? For anybody that yeah, has jumped into that a, book, it's a uh, five issue miniseries through Image Top Cow with uh, Gil Henry Balby, uh, uh, Marco Lesco, and Troy Patiri, and uh, it's a uh, it's a kind of a sci fi fight drama that takes place in the future where uh, robots and humans are battling it out to see uh, who is more supreme or who is better, uh, and so it's kind of like this very classic Rocky style fight drama, but it takes place in a future where robots have taken over the world. And uh, uh, humans are gone. We blow our chance, and then robots bring us back to do the jobs they don't want to do. So, kind of a flip on the like uh, robots and technology oh. are coming to take our job. The robots are afraid that humans are coming to take their job. So, um, wow. yeah, we just came out with issue three of that, and uh, uh, we're um, f- issue. It's right along to issue four in uh, the top of August, and then issue five, and then it, it'll collect into a, a single uh, trade. So it's it's a it's a clean five issue miniseries. It's all about the drama building up to this fight. Um, you know, issue one opens showing uh, a little glimpse of the fight, and there's glimpses of the fight throughout the whole series. But then we're 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 showing the drama and how we got to this fight and what's the build up, the high stakes uh, world build up of the the two fighters. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun, and it's it, it on to the issue four is next month. Um. And I know it's it's through Image Top Cow now. Uh, just for my own curiosity, how does that how, how is that decided by Image like through Top Cow or like under the own Image title? Like, what's well, a Top Cow? Yeah, it's I mean Top Cow is the imprint, and that's Mark Silvestri's yeah. uh, uh, imprint. There are a few imprints that you know circle around besides Image Central. Skybound is mm-hmm. another 
imprint. Right. Todd McFarlane has his own imprint, and uh, the imprints pretty much form their own slate. Uh, you know, I don't know the nuance uh, that goes on between image and each imprint, but I think generally speaking, an imprint uh, usually has certain level of freedom to decide what they're going to do, barring any, oh, I'm sorry about that, barring any, uh, okay. um, barring any, you know, uh, controversy or something. I, so yeah, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, this is my third ish, uh, third series with Top Cow. Top Cow yeah. was, uh, um, where I got my break with Eclipse in 2016 and then went on to do Port of Earth with them and, and just found a niche. Oh, good Lord. Uh, you know, look, the technology. <laughs> He's so busy. He's so busy right now. He, 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 he has time to talk to us. I don't for know, like to turn minutes. those notifications <laughs> off. Trying to sell um, me. Uh, trying to sell me these things. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I got my. I. I, I got my uh, break with Top Cow and um, just been uh, had a lot of fun doing really hard sci-fi with uh, with them. And so, Metal Society was a great That's opportunity great. because it's also hard sci-fi. It's like really deep world building. It's really. Uh, um, kind of uh, dramatic and character driven, and so it was just another chance to kind of uh, follow in the pedigree of Port of Earth and, and Eclipse, uh, and, mm -hmm. and do another book there. So yeah, and and that relationship is it kind of like, hey, hey Zach, uh, we're ready for another thing. You kind of pitch them the idea, and they're like, oh yeah, we want to do that, or or you know, they they go to you and say, hey, we're looking for another sci fi book, like. It's, I mean, it's a back and forth. I mean, uh, you know, with yeah. Metal Society, we had talked about doing something else after Port of Earth. And it, for me, it's not just about, it's about finding the right idea for the right publisher and the right moment right. and the right artist. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of things that kind of have to align. And so, you know, um, but yeah, when I had Metal Society and I kind of had a chance to like, you know, delve into the story, I kind of said, this would be really good for top cow and i brought it to them and said hey what do what do you, are you guys interested in this what do you think and they loved it and uh you know we went from there and then we went off to put the art team together and found uh gil herme who was doing uh, uh avatar and alien he did the aliens original screenplay over at dark horse which was super cool and i just said you know here's an artist that really understands sci-fi and world building and character yeah. and really cool style and uh marco lesco is doing colors on um, Blade Runner. You couldn't ask for something mm -hmm. better for a dystopian uh, future book. So, um, and then uh, Troy Pateri is just, uh, you know, just a, a tried and true great letterer that, that I've worked with many times on sci-fi. So, um, yeah, just putting the team together. I think they, these things kind of happen organically. You know, sometimes a publisher will say, hey, we'd love to do something with you and you, 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 it, you, you're you looking for the right thing and, and looking for the right moment. So, so yeah. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, you said you were going to be doing something with, uh, vault or well, I just, yeah, my mindset yeah. is my new vault book. That's a mind control book I did with, uh, John J Pearson who does all of the art in that. And, uh, if you're not familiar with John's work, he, uh, won the Eisner last year for his, uh, digital artwork in, in Ram V's blue and green. And he's done yep. some, uh, short comics and razor blades and some other things. And, uh, his work is just, uh, amazing in in mindset and uh we've been really excited by the response that 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 book has gotten um it's with hassan uh otsman elahu who's the uh letterer there and uh uh yeah it's a book about uh, a group of uh uh 
college uh, grad students uh, and they uh, accidentally stumble upon a light sound combination that can control people's minds and uh, they decide to put it in an app to do something a little different. They're going to help free people from their technological addiction and um, they think they're going to help the world and then uh, it goes uh, goes awry. First off, they end up getting going viral and getting like a billion people to start using their app and there's all sorts of power plays and mind games and uh then a, a couple of murders and uh, we meet our hero ben sharp he's in jail wanted for killing his investor and he's telling us about how we got to this point and it's really just a classic noir thriller mystery you don't know who to trust you don't know what's going on as any good mind control story will will explore but it's through science fiction and through this uh kind of exploration of technology and our modern world and and how we feel about uh social uh, media and how it influences us and so it's a, i think it's a real thought-provoking book and, and people have been really responding to to um kind of the um modern kind of um touchstones and how real it, it feels i think it's i think it, uh, everyone's relationship with technology right now is really yeah. quite um loaded and so people have been um responding yeah, to that sure. yeah so uh yeah, yeah that issue one just came out if you haven't checked it out i definitely mm-hmm. uh, recommend going to check it out and um uh, issue two is on pre-order right now it'll be a six issue mini series through vault that's awesome yeah and uh i read it last week and it was just such a phenomenal first issue even though it's such a departure from some of the other stuff that you've done um a lot of your sci-fi like you use the word hard sci-fi for uh, metal society. That seems yeah. to be like the wheelhouse you've been in recently. How was that departure for you um, on this one? It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, mindset is more grounded and kind of like it's our real world, but there's this very small, subtle sci-fi thing. And it's so coded into the allegory of, you know, mind control as technology and, and, and app use that it, you can't, you know, you sometimes forget that it's science fiction because it feels so real. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was very different than like Port of Earth or, or Metal Society where these huge inventive worlds uh, with a lot of world building, and a lot of history. But I had a great time really exploring the noir components and the thriller components. And, and um, I can't, I don't know. I mean, um, I guess I've used narration before, but um, this this mindset uses narration in kind of a whole different way because you're really being brought into this character's head and understanding his perceptions, and so it's a it's a very different. Um, it, it was kind of the first time I've used narration in, in that way, and so yeah, I loved it. I definitely would like to write more of this kind of grounded sci-fi that looks at our real world and in a more kind of one degree I would off say of more it. more philosophical or something like that kind of like well, with technology I, I mean like i get i think people who have read port of earth or even metal society will find that th- there's a lot of philosophical undertones to both of, th- of those and even eclipse i mean i like to look at like thought provoking questions about society mm-hmm. and our place in it and where we're headed as a, mm-hmm. a, a in our future but i think um Mindset's just a more more contained story, you know. Yeah. It's just a little more um, feels like everyday life, and um, so it, it's it's not hard sci-fi in the sense of like some fantastical world or some really 
uh, nerd out on some premise. It was just a little more, um, a little more grounded and, and every day. And, uh, I, I enjoyed mm. it. I did think I'll definitely, um, try to, to, to do more of that in the future. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and working, I mean, I'm so pumped to see how, how uh, great vault comics has been doing as far as, you know, stuff they've been putting out. So, uh, can you talk about that a little bit, like, you know, working with them and how that's been? Yeah, it's been uh, amazing. I mean, Vault Comics is just such an exciting publisher. I, I, I've i said it before, I like first discovered them uh, at my first San Diego Comic-Con in 2016 when I was over well, yeah. at uh, Top Cow with my first issue of Eclipse. It had just come out. and the, Or maybe, I, maybe it wasn't even out. Maybe I was even, I had an ash can. And they were down in small press and it was their first table there. And I met Adrian and Damien just, I, I immediately could tell there was something different and special about this publisher. And they've just yeah. grown and exploded and produced so many great series with so many great creators. Uh, you know, I had wanted to work with them for years and we had talked a lot again, you know, about finding the right project and exploring different ideas. And, um, we had actually had, you know, uh, conversations about other things, but I had been working on this with John and uh, I just brought them, you know, a look and said, you know, is this interest you? What do you guys think? And, and they loved it and they got our vision. And, uh, you know, it was just a um, really exciting partnership. And they've been great to, you know, they're just such a passionate team from editorial mm -hmm. to marketing the whole way across. They really just, they love comics. They get behind it. So it's been, it's been a great, um, a lot of fun to work with them. And, um, and I think the, the book has really found quite an audience. Um, I mean, mindset yeah. is my biggest selling uh, book so far. Um, that's so congrats. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, so cool. Uh, yeah, I know. Cool. I know Chris and I specifically when we go to the comic shop, I'm pulling. I find myself pulling more vault stuff and uh, you know smaller publisher stuff than Marvel DC lately. Just be just for that thought provoking, different storytelling. And yeah. I mean, like barbaric wasn't very thought provoking, <laughs> you know, it's like, or just that type of fantasy stuff, but it's like, they're taking the leaps and the jumps to do that great storytelling. And I love it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so four different yeah. books you got. So we're going to talk about four different books, four different publishers. The next one was not one I really enjoyed breakout with uh dark horse. Um, yeah, so thank you. quick synopsis on that one. Yeah, Breakout is a, a, a sci-fi prison break story. It takes place in a future where these mysterious cube-like ships have appeared all around the world, and they are only abducting young people between the age of 10 to 21. And uh, our, our governments try to contact these ships. They try to attack these ships, and nothing works. And after a while, uh, we kind of, as a as a world, as a society, give up and, and tell young people, you just got to go back and, and live with the fact that you may get abducted at any point in time and, and there's nothing we can do about it. And, uh, so in that Most way, it's, realistic it, aspect of that book. Yes. I mean, it is, it's very, I mean, that's the, that's the twist. The modern spin is not just an alien invasion story or not just a, um, a, a mass alien abduction of, of only young people, but it's the fact that society kind of, very like very modern <laughs> just kind of says we sorry just got to live with it and um <laughs> it follows the story follows a, a a young guy uh liam watts whose brother a uh, younger brother's been taken and um liam decides that he's not gonna just 
tolerate it or live with it. He's going to uh, get a group of his uh, friends and put together a team and plan an Ocean's Eleven style prison break to rescue his brother. So it's uh, a, a, sun, a fun sci-fi heist prison break kind of story and definitely you know, came out of me uh, wanting to see uh, uh, a heist out of a spaceship or, you know, like, uh, I love heist, I love a good heist story, but had not seen um, enough uh, of the advanced technology sci-fi, something that I could bite into. So I, you know, that was where my head was at. But um, yeah, and uh, it's a Dark Horse title. Uh, it's been just, uh, again, another fantastic experience with a, with a great publisher. I um, talked to them for a uh, a while, um, uh, specifically, uh, editor over there, Spencer, uh, Cushing and Connor Knudsen, uh, and we had wanted to do something and, and found this project and, um, that, you know, again, just, it, you know, they were passionate about the story and they just understood, uh, what we wanted to do. And, um, you know, uh, I mean, the art team on this is just fantastic. Wilton Santos is just, uh, the art is uh, another, I've been very spoiled with artists. Um, yeah, you know, Wilton just draws these amazing, uh, um, you know, uh, away. I mean, issue three is coming uh, because it's the spaceship heist, and and he, he's drawn this interiors of the space, the spaceship. Just it's so cool. But then he draws these really heartfelt characters. I mean, I really, when I see these characters come to life, I really feel for them and what they're going through, and and the characters are just really modern and 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 different and um jason lordy is the the colorist he just the the colors are are so good i mean they're just it's got this really emotive painted vibe uh jim campbell does our letters and it's just really um just fantastically um the, it just so smooth how it, it reads so um yeah it's been a great a great creative team and, and a lot of fun to do that book with dark horse Awesome. And one of the big differences of this book with a lot of your other books is you're writing teenagers in this one. Like, was that difficult at all for you or how did you attack that? No, I wrote teenagers once before in, in Lost City Explorers. And I, I, I do think, I guess Eclipse has a, a teenager, uh, the young girl who's in danger, Cielo, uh, is he, is maybe a little bit older. Maybe she's, uh, uh, 18 or 19, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's something that I enjoy trying and it's definitely a challenge. And I think actually the the tone of teenagers changes every few years. So, you know, trying to write teenagers in 2016 is a very different experience than trying to write teenagers in 2022. And I'm sure, you know, five years from now, uh, teenagers will have a different voice and a different perspective. Um, but I, you know, I, I found it really interesting. You know, I, I think just uh, it came a lot out of two of um, me seeing what teenagers are going through in the world and, and being confronted with all of these existential problems that we seem to be just kind of shrugging and saying there's not much we can do about any of this and just passing it on to them. And it doesn't feel like what I was going through when I was a teenager. I don't think I had this level of dread or concern about the future in the way that I think teenagers do today. And so I think it really just came out of a, a respect for what's being handed to them and a, and a curiosity about, you know, exploring their, their um, point of view. And so I, I tried to, to tap into that in breakout. It's, it's obviously um, 
a challenge to capture it all the way, but I hope uh, we pulled it off a little bit. Awesome. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about uh, the last, the fourth one here, uh, Forever Forward, your your time travel book. Yeah. So, so let's let's talk that. What's Forever Forward? Forever Forward is uh, with Scout Comics, which I'm really excited to uh, to do a book with because they've been uh, they're another publisher that's just been killing yeah, it lately. And uh, mm-hmm. um, the premise here is it's about a a kind of flawed scientist. He's a quantum physicist, and he accidentally launches uh, himself, uh, the girl he's kind of always loved, and his three friends. Uh, 33 years into the future. And when they get there, they find a message from their future selves uh, saying that the only way to go back in time, the only way back is to keep going forward. And the time travel that he's developed only can go forward. He does not have the ability to go back in time, only forward Mm -hmm. in time. Mm -hmm. So they're forced to continue to jump again and again through our future, hoping to one day find the technology to go back. And so in that way, you know, I kind of compared to like the mythic journey, like the odyssey of like trying to make your way home and going through all these crazy worlds and, and, um, Arjuna Susini, who's the artist with me on this. Amazing and art. The yeah, art. Yeah. Really so cool. Oh, so detailed. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and then it gets even crazier. I mean, every issue, even the, the first issue is really great. Uh, but we've only like, put our our toe in the pool because we really get to to explore some fun crazy worlds as the book keeps going into the future and we're like building this story about what has happened to the future you know um there's a russian invasion of california in 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 issue one and then we see like chaotic uh super storms hitting the west coast but like in the future there's like fascist robots and all sorts of crazy Mm -hmm. things that they encounter and and so creating those worlds with uh, Arjuna and Brad has been awesome. And, and, and they're just really fun. It's just an imaginative ride and uh, a gorgeous book. And I think it also, it taps into me this, uh, I don't know what you guys, what your perceptions of the future are now or have been, but I feel like when I was maybe a, a while ago, I thought maybe our future like was going to get better and better. Like, you know, I don't know if we were like headed for the Jetsons, but I felt like, right. you know, it'd be cool at least. <laughs> we're we're gonna get some bumps in the road, but like we're on our way towards a good place. And yeah. now I'm not so sure. Like I'm not sure that we're <laughs> on the right track. Like, right, um, right. I feel like there there might be more than bumps in the next fifty, a hundred years, and and I don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is as good as it gets. Like, is that possible that like this is the top and we're like at uh, the roller coaster of like civilization? We're like at the top right now, yeah. and it's a, we're about to and take we're a, about to a drop. Huh? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, just kind of the th- thought of like, is the future gonna get better or does it keep getting worse and worse? And that's kind of that you know this book kind of they're out of the frying pan into the f- f- fire. There, there are a lot of crazy futures that they go through, but it, it just comes from my concern about our future. So two quick things. I know Mike, Mike's biting at chomps to get something in here, but first no, I think the nineties was that peak and we're already on the yeah. way down. But second, um, I need true, to know true. from you. So I know how long to live. When do the fascist robots come? 
Uh, yes, the fascist robots. Let's. I mean, they come. Uh, I'm trying to remember the whole timeline. It's like the twenty, the twenty one hundred. You, we won't make it to the fascist. It's okay, like twenty one. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay, we'll be gone. I, I, just, I they can't handle to fascist take power robots. in twenty one twenty one. I, I want to say, um, yeah, a good hundred years from now, we won't. We don't have okay. anything to w- worry about. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, if I if I was cryogenically frozen, I it would just be my luck to wake up in a society of fascist robots, like those, yeah. you know. Why would they ensl- I mean what we've what we've learned if anything from our current landscape is that s- being enslaved it, you know you always get the classic rebellion it's really right. you know right. you know yeah fascist dictatorship that's really yeah. the uh smooth sailing into human subjugation you know just so yeah. uh yeah. yeah you can convince humans that this is great these robots these robots really have our best interest at heart. Let's go back to the mines and get to work. Um, yeah, fascist robots. I, so a little a little away from the, the action of it, but I want to talk about time travel for a second because I'm a huge time travel nerd. Uh, and we've always, you know, there's the cool thing about time travel to me is there's no set laws on how to how to write time travel. So I want to pick your brain about it for a second. Yeah, let's and do one it. of the what, one of the coolest um, interpretations I've seen is the TV show Dark on Netflix, um, and the the way I, the way I think it's cool is because you know everybody talks about you go in the past, you you fuck up everything in the future. That's okay, end of story. But what I like about Dark, and I I think you're gonna maybe touch on this, but what you do in the future also affects your past. Like, and I, I mean, we get the glimpse of that. I'm not going to spoil too much for the issue. Right. But, uh, I, and I, I hope because you said you keep going in the future. So you're saying, and, and a lot of people don't focus on that. Like the future is important, right? It, just as important as the past. And I don't think people realize that. And that's not something explored enough because there aren't these, yeah, like you can talk science with time travel, blah, blah, blah. You're in those constraints, but you can go anywhere with time travel. And it's like, no, people don't focus on the future enough affecting what, how it all begins, right? Uh, yeah, I think that, that really was where my excitement was for this premise and this project because I've seen so many time travel stories where we go back, you know, back right. to the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. back to middle, yeah. medieval oh, we're cowboys times, now. back to <laughs> cowboys. All, we always go back, yeah. and then right. I've seen I've seen the time loop time travel story where like someone is caught in the time loop and you know their future right. and their past self and they they're you know back to the and future. they can't do like, anything. Yeah. yeah, back to the future is a time loop, you know, in order like right. but but mm-hmm. I I you know, I always look at the the landscape of stories and when I don't see something that's something I get excited to see and I I just had not seen forward time travel just exploring the future and what the future is going to hold and that really excited me the ability to travel forward in time is just, just as interesting yeah to just keep going and could yeah. you ever, one could you ever get back but two what would you find if you keep going and and um i mean i think hg wells time machine uh actually explores you know he he goes a thousand years or thousands and thousands right. of years into the future uh you know but it, it's an interesting exploration so i wanted to look at it in a kind of a, initially a very grounded way of like what might happen in the near future and how might the future unfold in a way that readers would be like, this is so possible. This is so true. But by the time we get to our fascist robots, we go, 
yeah, that's uh, I buy that we got here. Like this makes sense to me that we are we've evolved here and beyond. And just to kind of explore what the future uh, holds, and then of course, yeah, and and then in terms of your question about like dark, uh, I haven't seen uh, dark, but I, I what you're talking about is kind of determinism and the idea that time right. is all set. And yeah. that, you know, mm -hmm. you're not, you don't go and like, not the butterfly effect, but rather that right. everything has happened. And if you're jumping through time, that has already determined it's everything. It's already determined what's happened. Yeah. Everything mm -hmm. is already set. And so your, your choices, even though you think you're making your choices, they've already, it's already determined. Everything is, is set. Right. And so, yeah. yeah, I find that very interesting. I find it very interesting that we have the perception of free will and free choice and we're making these choices and yet it could also be that we're so inherently programmed by who we are that mm -hmm. the choice we made was not free it was determined by everything making us who we are and so is it possible that time is singular it's interesting so um yeah we definitely have uh i think uh a bit more of a determined timeline set for forever forward. But the question is what will happen? You know, do they find their way home? Uh, do they not, um, you know, and uh, what's up with this message and, and, and the character is kind of going through a, a question of like, he wants, he, he wants to be, um, he wants to d discover time travel, prove it works, come back and be celebrated as, you know, like an Albert Einstein or a great, scientists and so will will he be able to pull that off so yeah it's the feeling i got from the first issue was and when the explanation came out this what came i had too was that the futurama episode where they keep going to the future until they hit the peak and then go back around yeah i thought about that i thought about that episode actually was when, when we were working on this that is a good time travel uh uh microcosm that futurama yeah. episode yeah. yeah um and i i think the i mean overall the story is exciting but so you said there's a plan for it are you expecting to like so every issue are we gonna keep jumping or are you gonna are we gonna spend a couple issues and you know one future go a couple issues it, and, it is like, a five that? issue it is a five issue oh, five issues. series okay. it is contained yep. and um so actually i think each issue has more than one jump I mean, oh, it's a awesome. real cool. fun, fast-paced uh, adventure story, and and that while there are moments of respite, there are not many moments. I mean, they are l pretty much jumping out of one situation into another, and each time um, having to deal with a whole new future. Um, you know, and they're hoping to one day find some perfect civilization that's going to say welcome and here's here's the time travel back home and everything's great and right. like you know right. um that must be the case because they they're, they're they're really plagued by the fact that their first jump there's this message mm -hmm. that says if you can only keep going forward everything's going to be okay i mean i think that they maybe wouldn't have gone on this odyssey if it weren't for that message so right that message right. has really propelled them on this experience, but it is a very fast paced, um, journey. They jump a lot. And, uh, and I think actually even the jumps, um, there are a couple periods during the series where 
where they're almost jumping to insane levels of, of like, you know, um, like <laughs> you know, ch- changing channel, jump, you know, like we got to get yeah, through this. Yeah. So, um, okay. yeah. Yeah. It's fun. That's awesome. Uh, and, and that's come. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Mike. There, that's coming out in August. You said comes out August twenty fourth. Uh, it, it, it's uh, you got about two weeks left to uh, order it. I think the uh, last chance to order the book is um, uh, July twenty fourth or so. And um, so definitely, if you're interested in it, it's a Scout book. So you know, um, Scout, despite being a, an exciting publisher that's really making a name for themselves. Uh, you know, not all comic shops. Some comic shops are are all in on Scout lately, but there are some that may not be carrying as many of them. So definitely tell your shop, hey, I want this book and, and pre-order it for me. Subscribe me to the series. I, I want all five. And um, and but if the the only other way to check it out, if you are going to be at San Diego Comic Con, uh, I'm going to be down there with Scout, and we have the first issue printed a month early, uh, ready to go. Not only that, it's got a uh, John Gianj, uh cover. I, I might be mispronouncing his name, but he's a, a, a huge artist, great covers, uh, G-I-A-N-G, Gianj. And uh, he's going to be down there too. And uh, we're going to have uh, this this exclusive convention cover by him. So uh, definitely if you're down at San Diego, find me, find Scout, and uh, you can check it out. Oh, yeah, that's kind of the one of the last things I wanted to talk about was um, a huge fan of Scout. Uh, we've been supporting Scout forever. A bit of a smaller publisher, but like you said, exciting, doing cool things. What went into yeah. the decision of working with them? I, I think I, you know, like, again, I, I had I had read some of the stuff that I really liked, you know, and uh, just thought they were doing cool stuff and they they were making a, just a really cool name for themselves. And I, you know, I reached out and just said, hey, I love what you guys are doing. And, um, you know, um, you guys are interested in working on something. And, uh, you know, it went from there. We, we talked projects and and I shared this idea and they really liked it. And, and uh and and went from there. So I, you know, and I again, it's like I try to think about what idea might lend itself to um, a publisher. And I think Scout is uh, doing some great things in sci-fi fantasy. I thought something like this idea, which is a bit more bombastic and a little like bigger in terms of like the adventure vibe, like I think more like black science in terms of the adventure kind of uh, sci-fi vibe. I thought that might do really well in in the small small indie kind of market to like stand out and, and, and have this kind of fun adventure, uh, book. And, um, so yeah, I mean, um, it's really, you know, all of these publishers are, are great. I've had good experiences with all of them. And I, again, it's really just about finding publishers that share your passion for an idea. You know, you can, you can pitch or share one idea with one publisher and, They'll go, you know what? This is not for us. We don't like time travel. Nah, I don't know about this. You know, we're looking for something else. And then you find another publisher that says, we love this idea. We'd love to have this kind of uh, thing in our slate. So, um, yeah, it's really just about finding people who share your passion for stories. Um, but I, in terms mm-hmm. of, I was excited just about what everything Scout's been doing lately. I mean, Agent uh, De- Dennis's uh, new book, Agent of... Uh, Worldly is amazing, um, and I I really love Charlie's White Ash and and uh, Eric Palicki has been doing some really cool things. Atlantis and um, I think Black Myth is um, uh, Scout. Um, so yeah, it's just there's been some really 
cool, cool things coming out of there. Agreed. Um, yeah. Anything else, Mark? Yeah. So let's talk San Diego comic-con. You're planning on going. I'm planning on going. Are you guys going to be there? No, no, (laughs) no, not this year. (laughs) One year, but yeah, one year. So you're going to be, uh, chilling with top cow the whole time. I'm going to be, no, actually I'm going to be, I'll be at top cow's booth. I'm going to do a signing with, uh, Mark Silvestri did, uh, our, one of our, uh, covers for, uh, Uh, metal society, which was uh, just a dream come true to have him do a cover. And then we got Alex and Claire to color it. And, uh, they will both be at the booth, uh, the top cow booth on Saturday with me and we'll be signing that, uh, cover. They have two, really slick uh foil variants metal society we were like how can we how can we have a book called metal society and not have covers that are metal in nature so they've got two killer yeah two killer foil covers uh one of them is the sylvestri cover and so you can get it signed by all of us and um We'll be there with that on Saturday. I'll be at the Top Cap booth a little bit every day. I'll be at the Scout booth with this uh, Forever Forward number one exclusive convention cover. And uh, then there is something in the works that is not yet announced, but um, probably will be announced the details soon. But I, we are cooking up something with Vault Comics and Mindset um, to uh, work with a um, someone else there who has exhibitor space and do a, uh, a signing for mindset um, with okay. an exclusive convention cover for San Diego that, that has kind of been hinted at here or there, but uh, those all, all those details will be out any minute now. So I'll be doing mindset signing down there. I'll be doing um, metal society and uh, forever forward. Dark horse uh, does not have a, a presence this year at, at San Diego. Mm. So, um, mm-hmm. but I will be at other conventions this year. I'll be at, um, uh, Emerald City and Rose City and uh, New York Comic Con and and then later at the end of your Thought Bubble in in England. So um, oh, if wow. you want to catch uh, Breakout, there should be some opportunities to to catch that as well. I want to do yeah. Thought Bubble so bad. Thought Bubble, <laughs> awesome. yeah, it's my first one. I'm so excited. Uh, I've oh, just heard cool. great things about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be so cool. Um, all right. Well, great, Zach. I, I mean, man, thanks. Thanks for being here again. Uh, you thanks gotta for come having back me, guys. Too. I mean, don't don't wait two or three years <laughs> this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, our listeners, our viewers, where can we send them to uh, to follow you and all the cool stuff you're doing? Yeah, follow, uh, I'm really across all platforms at Zach Caps, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can catch me at all those uh, Zach Caps or uh, ZachKaplan.com. And, um, and yeah, come see me at the cons or say hi and, uh, yeah, reach out. Awesome. Thanks again. Everybody make sure to check the show notes down below for those links. So you can check out all the different books that Zach's doing. And, uh, Zach, thanks again. I've been really enjoying all the books. Thank you. They're all phenomenal. And then I also want to thank you for the nightmares tonight because of robot (laughs) fascist. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. For or, or, you know, the mind control. The the apps are listening and controlling you. Oh the, yeah. So yeah. Uh, it's I've all. I've gotten over that. I'm past yeah. that. No, okay. years I've ago. come to I've come to terms with that shit. Yeah. I don't I just... care if the apps are controlling me. It's the robots yeah. that. Uh, the robots. Yeah. The robots. It's. I just gonna have nightmares of playing Wolfenstein again, and then Ro- yeah. Robo Hitler comes out, and then uh, it's yeah. Thanks, Robo thanks, Hitler. Buddy. I appreciate. Yeah, it. that's good. Robo Hitler. <laughs>
and we're back on the other side. Here we are, and uh, you should be looking at all the awesome stuff that Zach's doing. So, yes, uh, yeah, Forever Four is amazing. Really love him breakout, and uh, uh, what was the oh shit? Oh, mindset, the one that just came out. Mindset yeah, was and- so cool. He's so. A, I, I actually he was the reason I went back to Comicsology and 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 uh, pre order I mean pre ordered on Comicsology uh, for mindset just to support him. So uh, yeah, check it out. Um, comic news: uh, Marvel has announced a new limited series to expand the Black Panther corner of Marvel universe. The series is called Wakanda. is written by Stephanie Williams and Evan Narcissi. Uh, with art by Paco Medina and Natasha Bustos. That's cool because Black Panther's awesome and we get glimpses of Wakanda, but I think Wakanda is interesting enough in itself with all the tribes and the characters there and the technology, right? Because uh, they're almost like an advanced civilization. I think that'd be pretty cool. I agree. Um I won't read it, but it'll be. Pretty yeah, cool. I won't read it. I'm not saying I'll read it, Chris, <laughs> but no, I think it's a pretty cool idea. I also think this is a they were forced into a corner kind of thing because the the new movie's coming out and it's going to be a Wakanda movie, not really a Black Panther movie, mm-hmm. um, per se. And of course, you want to have a comic on the shelf with the same name as the movie. So, <laughs> yes, but I, I, I hope it does really good. I hope the Black Panther fans are excited. Um. Yeah, and with that, I guess we'll ju- we'll talk about uh, what we read this week. All right, my strap in. Uh, I didn't. I, got I didn't read. All- nice. I didn't read all mine. Um, I like. I, I'll just talk. I'll just go over what I didn't get to read yet. Uh, Prodigy, uh, number Prodigy's back by Mark Miller. It's crazy all the Mark Miller stuff coming out, and I forget, and or I don't. It's like not on my radar, so I haven't read that yet. Uh, the new Monkey Prince I haven't read yet. Suicide Squad Blaze I haven't read. Black Adam I'm reading those books haven't read yet. Batman Beyond number four, and I think that's it. But I did read, so I read um, Saga obviously this week. Uh, saga number sixty. Uh, this issue is interesting because, like, you know, it's a really fun issue um, with Hazel and you know Prince Robot. And, uh, and like basically the mom takes them to Chuck E. Cheese's because they make a lot of money. Uh, there's an incident with her and a, a cop on the street where she has a permit to sell on the street. And then she gets recorded by someone like telling the cop off. So I'm sure that's going to come back to bite them in the ass. And then uh, when they go back to their their home, it's on fire. And then Hazel kind of has like like a PTSD moment where she sees her dad and starts like freaking out and like screaming for him. So, uh, I think she's finally grieving. Like it finally hits her. I, yeah, that's how I took it was like all these amazing memories with her father are built around that place. And like it, it's gone now. So the last thing she had that connected her to her father is gone. And that was a really like touching moment. Yeah. Um, the, other issue I had. Oh, Batman 125. The Chip Zdarsky Batman. Um, New era begins, Mike. What a fucking issue this was. This was awesome. I loved it. Uh, yeah. I I really did. I loved this issue. Um, 
of course, Chris loved it because it's got his favorite villain, Clayface, in it. Uh, I thought that was a cool reveal of, like, also Batman in a suit with, like, the cowl and the belt was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was cool. Uh, when he goes, you know, he fights the penguin, or the, the penguin's, like, the, the villain behind it all, killing all the billionaires in town, and then come to find out it's Clayface. I love that reveal. I thought that was sick. Um, and then uh, Robin... And this is Tim Drake Robin, I believe. Uh, yes. Gets shot in the neck. That was uh, interesting. Um, you know, Batman's like r- rushing to save him and he he basically he like runs him into the emergency room. Um, and they say, like, I don't think he's going to make it through the night. And uh, and he's like. The penguin, he's like questioning the penguin. The penguin takes a cyanide capsule because. um. He he basically says like you're the last on my list, and then he like gets the cops to show up at the hospital to like corner Batman. Uh, but something else is happening, and this is kind of like it kind of reminds me of the um, Colin Kelly Jackson Lanzig Batman Beyond <laughs> book right now because we know you know this is Batman without the Batcave without Alfred like he's on his mm-hmm. own, but now we see the Batcave kind of come to life as like an AI <laughs> robot. Um, that and it's called Failsafe Online. So it's like a, it's like the Batcave generates its own suit of armor kind of thing. Um, and I don't know if that's how you felt when you read it, but um, the feeling I got from it, and it, I try not to get too excited in the first issue of a Batman run because I've right. been burned before. Um, but I'm gonna give it the highest praise I can think of the feeling I got was the feeling that I had when Scott Snyder took over Batman. Yeah. Um, the excitement, the, the new feeling to it, the kind of the freshness of it, mm-hmm. um, and how he att- like attacks the world of Batman. Like you can tell there's a deeper thing going on. Right. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I really, really love this issue. So, um, yeah, and the other two I got to read were Dark Crisis and Flashpoint Beyond. So uh, I guess we'll talk Flashpoint Beyond. This this issue is pretty great. Uh, this is issue number three. Uh, the last issue left off with um, with Superman and and Batman. Uh, like you know, Batman's like, dude, you got to chill, or Superman's like, you got to chill, and then he like he punches <laughs> and knocks him out, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and, and then we find out that like, you know, Superman has a message from the Kryptonians. They're still alive and they're coming to take over earth, which was an interesting twist. Um, so they're chatting with poison Ivy. They're like, we need your help to fight, to fight them off. Um, and they even have swamp thing there too. So swamp thing is, uh, is actually not Alan Scott in this universe. It's, uh, uh, Jason Woodrow. And he's basically like, I need to atone for my sins. So he's just like part of a wall. Like he's not the swamp thing we know. He's like almost like punishing himself. Um, and the story there is that he, they want his help for an invasion, but Batman's basically like, I don't want to help you guys. I'll see you later, <laughs> but I'm sure that's going to come back at some point. Yeah. Right. I like the way they use Kryptonian technology in this, where they mix it with kind of the parliament trees. Yeah, and they have that, that giant awesome. Jarrell made out of like leaves and yeah. vines. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty Such sick. A good. Yeah, so um, really great. Yeah, they were like 
hey, Batman, you brought us all together to fight against Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like, not realizing that that was actually kind of Barry. Right, exactly, yeah. And, um, because yeah. nobody in this universe really knew. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't know. And also, like, Batman's got it on his mind where, like, this place shouldn't exist. Like, nothing here matters. And, yep. yeah, so it was a really cool kind of moment of... It, you would think that Batman, especially Thomas Wayne Batman, um, would be like, oh shit, like we got to do something, but he's of this mind and he has this other thing going on. So he's, yeah, he's just like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> he's got his own priorities. And then, and then yeah, hyper time's the, fucked up too. Yeah. So hyper time, we have the, the, uh, the time hunters are coming and being like, yeah, uh, Batman's, you know, screwing up time, but also the, the side story, reverse flash appearing and, murdered with like a bunch of like time gears in his stomach and then it says tick like written in his blood uh but he tried to appear at iris west's home so Mm -hmm. he was trying to warn them about something and someone murdered him so there's something crazy is going on i i I really like this issue yeah i've been really enjoying this series uh and then dark crisis this is a pretty cool issue um we get Pariah, you know, talking about uh, his past and everything and and uh, his, his overall plan of um, he's going to create a new crisis and he's going to teleport uh, the Justice League that he's using to Earth Zero, I guess. And I don't know if he's planning on like wiping it or ruling from Earth Zero or wiping everything else out. Um, and then we get the story that taking place at earth zero in the titans tower where you know deathstroke showed up and um started killing all the titans or killed uh beast boy and so there's a huge fight there and then he gets nightwing to fight him in front of everybody which is a cool scene of deathstroke and nightwing fighting and then uh the the reveal of like okay just kill me if i'm the one you want and then superboy shows up and they start fighting but like he goes, okay, I was, I was already ready for this. So then cyber cyborg Superman comes in, uh, <laughs> and they have a fight. So it was, you know, a lot of fight scenes and stuff like that. Um, and then I, I didn't know this guy, uh, the, his name's warp. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw him, but he has a ridiculous looking helmet, <laughs> almost like a shitty villain. I got to look him up. Are you talking about the guy that looks like judge dread? Uh, not really. He his like helmet is like round over. So like this Deathstroke, guy? is that who? No, no. Um, or maybe it is. Let me see. Because there's okay. So crazy quotes in this issue. There's a guy that looks yeah. like Judge Dredd. There's a guy that's Spider Man, but his spider is in the face. The, yeah, this guy right here that Deathstroke's shouting at is a person, but he has like this tin can thing around his head, and he's like, he said, "Warp, get the secret society out of here." His name's Warp. And I was like, who the hell? I think he just opens portals and that's his job. But his suit is ridiculous. Like he has a big like metal thing around his head. <laughs> um, I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you almost don't see that it's a person. That's why it looks ridiculous. Cause he's like shouting at this dude in this like tin can outfit. <laughs> I want to see if he's uh, in earlier panels now. Yeah. I don't see him anywhere, but uh, also, um, you know, Deathstroke is like got, has got, uh, pariah in his head to do some shit so um and then black adam shows up at the end he's like okay i was right i need to i do need to lead you guys you need my help um 
And then we get this whole thing of the uh, Kyle Rayner getting broke, broken out by the Green Lanterns. Uh, I didn't know about the new Green Lantern, uh, Joe Moline. Uh, she seems pretty cool. I like her hairdo. And then uh, we get all the Green Lanterns saying, are you ready to report to duty? So, um, yeah. And the Battle of the Emerald Onslaught. So I have a feeling all the Green Lanterns are going to die. Yeah. Uh, that that Green Lantern, I read the fir- first three or four issues of her series, and I did not care for her. Uh, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was only four issues of one series. Who knows? I have, I, I have a hard time caring for anybody besides, like, John Stewart. John Stewart's my boy. Like he, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a Green Lantern when I was a kid. So exactly, but yeah. So awesome yeah. issue, awesome yep. issue. Really, liked yeah, it. But, yeah. So I really enjoyed those both those issues. That's all I got to this week. So uh, yeah, we talk about what you read. So um, one of these is a last week issue, but DC versus Vampire Hunters number one, and then that was all about like Harley Quinn, um, and her kind of fight against the vampires and how she can get things in and out of Gotham it was a really good issue. Mm-hmm. And then issue seven, which uh, kind of circled back around to that, but it, it basically starts the whole vampire of taking over the world, and now people have to find their way around it. Really great issue, really dark. Like it definitely has taken a turn in this issue, mm-hmm. and what the vampires are doing with Harley is kind of fucked up. So, oh. really, really love that issue. Um, the Ward number two. This is the the fantasy et drama or er drama not et drama but so in this one like you've got these cave trolls who are having a baby and they're like uh, 20 feet tall so they're trying to like deliver this baby and while that's happening like these guys who are monster hunters Mm -hmm. but they're like youtuber monster hunters come in oh god catch them so they got to deal with that whole thing. And then there's uh, there's a moment where somebody's eaten by one of those um, gelatinous slime monsters from D&D. Okay. Yeah. And they the have to find a way cubes. to induce vomiting so it doesn't kill the person that's trying to eat. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, there's like there's some really good fun stuff in this book. That's amazing. But each issue, there's kind of an overarching of like what happened to our main character because she used to work at the hospital and she quit. And this is her story of coming back. Okay. So there is some sort of over overarching thing there, but for the most part, the book is like one shot stories of like these cool little, like it's almost like a, an ER or a, a scrubs or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. kind of medical show you enjoy. Yep. Little monsters. Number five. Um, this one. Not a t- like I'm really enjoying this book, but it's very like a very much a micro book. Where we kind of get the backstory of where this one um, kid comes from, and she's actually Japanese, and she was born prior to the U.S. Uh, dropping the A bomb. Oh, and she had been turned prior to that too. So she actually lived through, like, she was in Hiroshima when the A bomb hit and lived. Okay. And they tell that, and then there's they find out that there's more of these humans around. One of them finds them, and he's more of it's. He's an adult. He's a skilled hunter, and he's been around and he kind of traps them in this corner because it starts to turn to daylight and he's about to kill them but he informs them like i i'm not going to kill you but you're going to take me to your to where you live so i can find the rest of you and kill you um Hmm. really great little black and white series i'm enjoying um 
King Conan number six, which is the final issue, uh, they make it from the island, if you didn't think see that coming. <laughs> but there's this cool moment of like Conan's son is now king, so he's King Conan the second. Oh, okay. And he thinks his father's dead, so he has kind of this eulogy to his father. And in that moment, it flips over to his father and how he survives this like ridiculous that he they blow up the island basically, sink it down, they kill the the priestess. And he's like left on the, a raft in the middle of nowhere, but he finds a way to like make a boat and go off on another adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a really fun series, you know, six issue old man Cohen story. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Batman Beyond Neo Year number four. Basically, Batman figures out the secret to what this like the sword person is. I forget. Oh, okay. Now, yeah, like, the, I figured he, out the I, secret yeah. of that. Okay, and it's a lot of him like fighting against Neo Gotham and fighting the fact that he like he doesn't have a suit and right. all this. Cool. Uh, really great issue, but the the kind of the twist of how they did that character is really cool. So I don't want to spoil awesome. that. Uh, Knights of the Fifth Dimension number one. Nice. So I showed you I got like the trade that's already yeah. that the podcast mm-hmm. did. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting the single issues too. So I'm reading the single issues, but this is basically. Uh, Jack Kirby-like figure creates this universe of characters, and what he really is is this... uh, He's given the power by some other dimensional figure to overlook this universe and, like, ensure its safety through these characters that he's created, air quotes. And it's all about, like, he took on a, a, a student with him to help him with these things and now that mm-hmm. student has to take over and become that person okay and the student's kind of like a, a pick your image creator from the 90s like he's like a little <laughs> rock and roll like does drugs and shit and like it's kind of <laughs> like fuck the system but <laughs> awesome but he's got to go back to the big publisher to like keep drawing his book mm-hmm. and uh all this Really great art. I like they go back and forth between the comic world and the real world, and they actually change the coloring style for it too. So, like, the coloring style for the comic world is like old school comics. Cool. It's really cool. Awesome. Um, I highly recommend it, especially for anyone that's a comic fan. That's like right up all of our alleys. Nice. Last two are cap centric. So, Ven- Avengers Forever number seven. So, I've, I caught up on Avengers recently and. This issue came out, and basically the Avengers are trying to create this multiversal Avengers team. And in this issue, they decide they have to have more Captain Americas on the team because Cap's rules. And they get these four Captain Americas together, one that looks kind of like us, Mike, like kind mm-hmm. of a nerd who sits in his basement too much. And <laughs> Hey, that's hey, I me. Said us. I yeah. said us. They finally <laughs> put me in a comic. <laughs> they get one who kind of looks like... Uh, a 50 Superman, like that oh. kind of like that slicked over hair, or not even Superman, yeah. Clark Kent, slicked oh, over Clark hair, Kent. like kind of okay. slunched over. Yeah. And then they have one that's a dog. <laughs> okay. And then this other one that's like this mysterious figure that you don't see until the end of the issue. And they end up finding out that everybody's name is Steve, and eventually they end up finding everybody's name is Steve Rogers. And then they find out there's a fifth one of them in there too. And he's like this old hippie, Steve Rogers, which is my favorite one. Because at one point, like they're he, they're trying to leave this building and mm-hmm. there's something there stopping them from leaving. And he keeps screaming like these things as he runs out the building. Like one of the times he's like, you can't stop me. I'm going to fight the military industrial complex. And he like fights these robots. 
and like shit like that. Yeah. Um, hence why he's my favorite Steve. <laughs> That's awesome. So long story short, you end up finding out that it's the, the multiverse Avengers created this thing to test the Steve Rogers to see who was the best of them. And they end up finding mm-hmm. out that they're all the best because it's Steve Rogers, but they're able to get the last one that you never, you don't see in the back. You end up finding out that he's called weapon Rogers. Oh boy. So if anyone's been following the weapon X stuff in recent comics, like they've basically made Steve one of the weapons along the line. And one of them is nuke and so on and so forth. So he's basically a version of Steve. That's also got the nuke face paint, but then you end up finding out too, that he's got Wolverine claws. That's awesome. Yeah. So a really great issue. Really recommend uh, Avengers recently. Um, Really good. And then captain America, Sentinel of Liberty number two, Um, another really good issue. So Steve, like, there's some backstory of like, he's hanging out with his friends and stuff in this new town. He's or this new area he's living, but then mm-hmm. there's like the, the important stuff, the fight scene. And he goes to this place and he ends up fighting these, uh, these things that look familiar, but are different at the same time. And he ends up finding out that it's like people from different factions that he's dealt with in his past. So some of them are X Hydra. Some of them are X aim. And then some of them are even X, uh, shield. And as he's fighting them and going through, he sees this like UFO like thing flying above him that's shaped like his shield and even has like the the outlook of his shield in it. And he's trying to figure out what it is. It has something to do with like what happened uh, in the last issue. Okay. And uh, long story short, doesn't find out. And yeah. then we have like a B story of Bucky. He ends up going to this like underground gambling ring as he's trying to figure out what he's going on, okay. has going on. And he walks in and is just a complete dick to everybody. And then it's like, looks at the dealer and goes like, has like an argument with her. Cause she's like, you can't be doing this, you know, no names, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he goes, I don't have time for this. So I need you to drop the act and come help me and Steve. Isn't that right? Peggy. And it's Peggy Carter underneath it. Oh, okay. That was a great reveal at the end. Yeah. 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 Uh, I feel much higher on this issue than I did the last one. Okay. I really enjoyed Good. everything in this one. Good. Awesome. Yeah. Mike, that's everything I read this week. So uh, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show? Well, you can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter and the show at Fortress Comics underscore on Twitter. Also at FortressComicNews.com. Remember everybody to check out the new merch, uh, the T Public store. Uh, Really happy how those came out. So please check that out. Also like, subscribe, share, comment down below on the YouTube. and then five-star reviews on a podcatcher you use. And if you want to go the extra mile, Patreon at patreon.com slash Fortress Comics. So thank you all so much for listening and watching this week. And we will see you all here next week. Bye-bye.